Podcast brought to you by Bucket Sports. As always, it's your boy Justin Pora. We are officially in the second half of the NBA season. We had a successful All Star Sunday night a couple of nights ago. We're recording Tuesday morning, March 9th at 10:40 a.m. on the East Coast. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by the amazing people over at Bucket Sports. Please go check out the Bucket Sports app. If you guys weren't in the loop on Twitter or whatnot, following at BookItHQ or at JP Hoops Pod on Twitter, I hosted a NBA trivia event Friday night in lieu of a Friday podcast. I had the terrific CEO of Book It Sports, Trent, along with Jason Herman, Liv Moods, Mikey Over, Nick Yale, running things behind the scenes. It was an amazing event. You could still check it out over at Book It Sports if you missed it on Friday, but it was truly a great event. I loved hosting it. I hope to do it again in the future. I stumped a lot of people on some NBA questions, but it was a really, really good time. Kind of to give you guys something a little different, a little more fun heading into the All-Star break. We had the All-Star break. It was quite eventful, headlined obviously by the news that Blake Griffin has joined the Brooklyn Nets. I'll get to that in a little bit. But let's start with the man who kind of took over All-Star Sunday Night. And it's not someone that should surprise anybody. He's probably the best point guard on the planet. One of the best point guards of all time. Three-time NBA champion. Two-time MVP. Stephen Wardell Curry. He was phenomenal. And look, I'm saying this as someone who took a flyer on Mike Conley, plus 550, to win the three-point contest. Mike Conley could not have done any better. He had a 27 in the final round. And Stephen Curry made, I think, what was it, three of his first 10 shots? Four of his first 10, maybe? And then he gets this three-point shot from 35 feet out on both sides and then just can't miss towards the end. He was toying with everybody. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he came back to win the three-point crown, something that, you know, he does because he is Stephen Curry and can do whatever he wants. I mean, this guy is incredible. He's a spotlight star. He's one of the most fun players to watch in NBA history. And then after... Winning the three-point contest, now, I didn't love how it was all in one night, but this is something that made it super fun. He plays in the three-point contest, wins it, and then immediately after, hops on a team with LeBron James, Giannis, Jokic, and Luka Doncic, and he steals the show with 28 points, shooting threes from half-court for fun and swishing them as Team LeBron wins the All-Star game by 20 points. And with everything going on, with Giannis going 16 for 16, yes, he won the MVP because of that. Damian Lillard was pulling up from the logo as well. Nobody on the floor of the 22 best players in the NBA, none of them 
were more fun to watch on that Sunday night other than Stephen Curry. And that's what he does. He's the most fun guy in the league. Sorry, Kawhi. He's exciting. He's entertaining. He's box office. He's willing his team. He's a proven champion. He's a proven MVP. Obviously a proven all-star. And you know what? When you look at the other players playing in this NBA all-star game, he looks the most like you and I than anyone else on the floor. He's not the tallest guy. He loves pulling up from three. That's what he does. And it was amazing to watch. We love every second of it. Huge Stephen Curry fan over here. And he will go down in Springfield as a first ballot Hall of Famer. And in a year where the Warriors aren't running the league like they did over the past five years before 2020, you know, people might forget about him. Forget about the Warriors. You shouldn't do that because, man, with a guy like Stephen Curry, they just go from 0 to 100 real quick. And I wasn't trying to, you know, do it for the drizzy pun, but that's what they do. He's just lights out whenever he chooses to be. The Warriors currently sitting at ninth in the Western Conference. One of nine teams in the West above 500. And they're going to be making a push. The team that I see ahead of them that they could leap. San Antonio Spurs sitting at 7. In between them is Dallas. And then the Grizzlies at 16 and 16 right behind. Hey man. Second half of the season coming up. Curry got some momentum. Watch out for the Golden State Warriors. Alright, now let's talk about Blake Griffin going to Brooklyn. I think people want to make this sound like a bigger deal than it actually is because obviously Blake Griffin is a proven all-star. He was on a Clippers team that was very competitive in the Western Conference even though they never really made it there, never made a Western Conference Finals, but when it was him, CP3, and DeAndre Jordan, that was one of the teams to beat in the West. Then he goes to Detroit. A huge decline after injuries, and he kind of lost that athletic bounce. Everyone now is is making the joke that, oh my God, Blake Griffin hasn't dunked in a game since December 2019. Yeah, well, he's played about 20 games since then. I know that it's it's been a, a year and a half, basically, but he's only played 20 games. He was out the rest of last season because of an injury. Then, obviously, the COVID bubble happened. The Pistons were not invited. He played a little bit this year, only 20 games this season. And then, you know, he was working out the buyout situation with Detroit. But now he goes to Brooklyn. He will probably be a starter to start his tenure in Brooklyn. But I don't know if he'll be a consistent everyday starter. I mean... You know, it's not too far-fetched. They have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Joe Harris. Those are four locks to be starters. And then his old Clippers running mate, DeAndre Jordan, could be the center. If they want to go small, Blake could be the center. I don't see a situation where they look at Blake Griffin, who's shooting 36% in the 20 games he did play this season, and who hasn't 
has to kind of get his feet wet again, how is he going to be an everyday starter or a big man on this team? And look, Blake Griffin's awesome. He's one of the most fun players. We talk about Steph Curry being fun. Blake Griffin in his prime in the early to mid-2010s was one of the most fun players to watch in basketball because of his athleticism, because of the dunking, because of everything that comes with that package. Lob City was in Los Angeles with the Clippers. And that was after the Lakers won those titles. They were the most fun team to watch in L.A. But now he kind of lost that luster. And yes, I still think Brooklyn's the favorites to win the East. But I don't know how much better he makes the team. He gives them another score. They were already the most efficient offense in NBA history for the first half of the season. So you get better at scoring. And, you know, Blake's knock was always that he wasn't a great defender. Is he gonna... Is that gonna change? I mean, the knock on the Nets is that they don't play defense. So, to me, the the fit isn't perfect. Yes, they get another all-star to join KD, Joe Harris, who I know isn't an all-star, but very good player, played on an Olympic team for the United States, FIBA World Cup team, Kyrie Irving's an all-star, James Harden's an all-star, DeAndre Jordan, a former all-star. I mean, the Nets are great. They're going to win the Eastern Conference. They have no excuses now. You know, Blake Griffin being added to the fold, all it's going to do is generate more and more buzz. And with that buzz comes expectations. And there's no excuses now. And I'm looking at Blake Griffin, a guy who's never been to a conference finals. And I'm looking at James Harden, a guy who's never won an NBA championship. Never been to an NBA finals as the leading man. And I'm not saying he's the leading man, but... I mean, he went with a Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook when they were, you know, starting to enter their peak powers. And he was not the James Harden he is today, an MVP and a, you know, triple-double every night. He wasn't even a starter on that Thunder team that made the NBA Finals. So the expectation is all on those guys. KD and Kyrie are going to do it when it matters. Looking at those two, Blake Griffin has now entered the fold as a starting scoring option for this team. But, you know, I don't want everyone to get overblown with expectations with them because it's just kind of odd seeing Blake, you know, who is struggling in Detroit to really do anything. You know, Jeremy Grant was a better player than him. That's not a lie. And I think that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be different. I don't think fans really expect, you know, what their expectations of what Blake Griffin is going to be as a Brooklyn Net should be lessened than they probably are just because Blake is who he is. All right, so I'm going to own up to some things. We're at the halfway point of the season. Before this year tipped off in December, I made some predictions. We're going to check into those predictions, see if I have to make some amendments to them, because at this current phase, they're not looking very great. So let's see 
what I said back in December. It was December 22nd of 2020. Full different year now. It's 2021. My rookie of the year pick was James Wiseman. Hand up. Completely wrong. He struggled early in the season. Then he missed a couple of games. He's still not really found his place in Golden State. And quite frankly, no one is going to take Rookie of the Year from LaMelo Ball. And if anyone does, it will not be James Wiseman. He's probably not even looking to have a spot on All-Rookie First Team right now, which I also had him on. My other All-Rookie First Teamers were LaMelo Ball, Obi Toppin, who some may say was robbed during the dunk contest. I would disagree. I think, you know, the fact that Anthony Simons was this close to kissing the rim, he was doing things that I've never seen before. Obi Toppin was just doing things I haven't seen from a big man before. So, kind of a difference. Uh, I think Simons deserved to win. But anyway, back to all-rookie first team. Yes, LaMelo Ball is going to be on there. He's going to win rookie of the year. So, hand up. I was wrong on that. Denny Advida is not going to be on all-rookie first team. The Wizards are terrible. Tyrese Halliburton, I also had on that list. He will be there for sure. So, I think it's going to be Ball, Halliburton, Anthony Edwards. I mean, I guess I overlooked him because he was the number one overall pick. He's going to be on that list. And I think he's the only one who can really top LaMelo Ball for all-rookie first team. So, hand up. I, I was wrong about that one. I think Emmanuel quickly could find his way onto that all-rookie first team list because he's an absolute stud. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, I thought more from Wiseman. It seems to be that he's going to be more of a project. I still think he's going to be a very good player. And when Golden State starts to round out the roster, Clay Thompson comes back next year. I think he's going to be a vital player piece of what they're trying to do my coach of the year pick was rick carlisle you know i just don't think it's going to happen because of where dallas is right now but hey man there's no doubt in my mind that dallas is going to make a push during the second half of the season they started off the season miserably now they are at two games over 500 they're the current eight seed in the Western Conference, and I think they could only go up. Luka Doncic is getting better and better with every game, starting to look like that guy we saw at the end of last year. Maybe was a little out of shape coming into the season, but now he's better. Porzingis is healthy. I think they might make a move at the deadline to get somebody else, maybe a little more shooting, and Dallas could only get better. Now, again, I don't think he could win Coach of the Year. I think Coach of the Year right now, the obvious choice is Quinn Snyder because the Jazz are first in the Western Conference, and I think zero people expected that. And I think the other choice is Tom Thibodeau for the New York Knicks. No one expected the Knicks to be over 500 after the first half of the season, let alone in the playoff picture. I think you have to give credit where credit is due. I want to be upset with either of those choices. Uh, but again, we'll see what happens to the Knicks in this second half. You know, Julius Randle, I'll get to him in a little bit, but no one expected him to be a near triple double guy and lead the Knicks anywhere. And Tom Thibodeau is working him to the bone. And, you know, this is the best Knicks team we've seen since Carmelo Anthony was, was in the joint. So 
you know, it won't be Rick Carlisle, but look at Snyder, look at Thibodeau to be the guys to take that throne. Most improved player, I had Lonzo Ball. It's not a horrible pick, especially at this point in the season. He's gotten a lot better, especially as a shooter as the season has gone on, especially looking back at last year. But I don't think that he's in the conversation. We have Jeremy Grant, who, according to Vegas, is the odds-on favorite on the Pistons. He's been great for them, you know, kind of eating up that role as a star in Detroit when he was just a role player the year before. Other guys who are going at most improved, look at Julius Randle. He went from just an ordinary starting power forward in this league to an all-star this year. And he's putting up insane numbers, near triple-double numbers. So he's deserving of recognition. Christian Wood, before he got hurt, was also in that conversation. Uh, but yeah, it's not going to be Lonzo Ball. He's not in the top three of most improved players. So, you know, he can't win the award, even though his shooting and leadership on the floor is getting better and better every day with the young core guys they got going on in New Orleans. Sixth man of the year, I had Kyle Kuzma. Now he's starting because of the Anthony Davis injury. It looks like the Lakers are going to get Andre Drummond if he ever clears waivers. So maybe Kuzma will go back into the six-man category. However, there is no doubt about it at this point in the season that anyone is going to take the six-man of the year award away from Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson has been great. He doesn't start because they have two all-stars, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. By the way, have to give a huge shout-out, Mike Conley. Finally playing in an all-star game. It was long overdue. He's always been a top 10 point guard in the league. And he's just never been enough to crack into an all-star game because of the generational all-star talent that has been in the league. He signed that massive extension when he was in Memphis that everyone crapped all over. But he has always been a consistently great player in this league. Memphis went to a Western Conference Finals. Now Utah is a number one seed in the West. Have to give the credit to Mike Conley. Finally played in the All-Star game. Almost won that three-point contest. If Steph Curry wasn't a god, he would have won it. But I digress. I just want to give a quick shout-out to Mike Conley. Going back to Jordan Clarkson, obvious six-man of the year. Uh, plays just crucial roles with the Jazz behind Conley and Donovan Mitchell. And it's just such a well-rounded team. And the reason they're so good is because they can give you buckets for 48 minutes. And in large part, that's because Jordan Clarkson is amazing coming off the bench in the role that he plays. Obvious choice for sixth man of the year. Defensive player of the year, I had Giannis defending his title. You know, he's still in that top five conversation. I think he will make first team all defense along with Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, who I had preseason first-team all-defense. And I think that's in the top four right now. I think you have to throw LeBron James in the conversation as well. The Lakers are top in the league in defensive efficiency. Now without Anthony Davis, still holding it down. LeBron, the leader of that team, he's working really hard on the defensive side of the ball. Something I didn't anticipate happening in the regular season. I thought he would be better on the offensive side, which obviously he is, but at 36 year old, you have to kind of 
balance where you put your effort, but he's distributing on both sides of the ball. So that's my top four. It's I think Ben Simmons is the leader in the clubhouse right now, and number one, Rudy Gobert, who's obviously won the award a couple of times already, is there as well. I have him two. LeBron at three, Giannis at four, and my other preseason choices were Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday to make first team. Both of them dealt with injury throughout the year, so I don't think they've played enough games to be in that conversation, but that's where we have them right now. Maybe Chris Paul could get in there because the, the Suns do it on the defensive side of the ball as well. I don't really know. MVP, I had Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant just simply missed too many games. He started off really hot, averaging around 30 points per game, but just missing games with injury. And now that Harden has come in and done such a great job, it just can't be Kevin Durant. I'm still riding with my LeBron pick. I feel a lot less confident about it, especially because, you know, they hit a little bit of a skid entering the All-Star break. You know, Anthony Davis, I don't think is coming back anytime soon, so we'll see. As long as the Lakers could sustain success and be a top three seed in the Western Conference, it should be LeBron James. However, it looks like Joel Embiid is gaining a lot of speed. He had that huge 40-point win right before the All-Star game. Uh, They beat Utah in that overtime game where Donovan Mitchell gets ejected in overtime, and he was screaming and yelling at all the referees. So it's kind of hard to go against Embiid right now. You also have Jokic in the conversation. The Nuggets are just not showing it in the win column. Damian Lillard gaining speed. Luka Doncic gaining speed. It's a dogfight. I think the MVP race is wide open right now. A lot of people have Embiid, but still the favorite in Vegas is LeBron James, and that's the choice I'm going with right now. My All-NBA first team was Durant, Curry, Doncic, LeBron, Giannis. I'm amending it right now to Doncic, Lillard, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid. I think it has to be that at this point in the season, especially if Dallas keeps winning games. Portland is staying well above water with no McCollum and no Yurkic. You have to put respect on Damian Lillard's name. He deserves to be there. Obviously, LeBron James. And I think the only conversation you could have is Jokic versus Giannis. And I don't think it's that close. I think you have to give it to Jokic. He's about two assists per game away from a triple-double this season. And Jamal Murray hasn't been great for Denver. So that just is more of a... Testament to their success, led by Nikola Jokic at 21 and 15, sixth place in the Western Conference so far. You know, I think you know people are going to be mad that Giannis isn't there. I mean, yeah, the the Bucks are doing fine, but third place in the East, eight games above 500. Yeah, the Nuggets are six games above 500. They're just sixth in the West because they're better. So I'm going to give credit. To Nikola Jokic, I think he deserves it. He's been putting up the numbers, and he doesn't do it on defense as much as Giannis, but I think Giannis will will get his his respect on the all-defensive team rather than in this all-NBA conversation. So those are my predictions. A lot of them were very, very wrong, but I think for the first half of the season, everything I said kind of speaks for itself. It seems like we're in that point now where the really good players are going to show 
why they make the money they make in this second half as playoff pushes are starting to become eminent and prominent. Man, I cannot wait for NBA basketball to start uh, tomorrow, Wednesday night. Finally, some games. Uh, let's take a look at what we got on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll do over the week and we'll get out of here. Wednesday night, only a couple of games. Neither of them on primetime television. The Wizards taking on the Grizzlies. The Spurs taking on the Mavericks. That is a huge game as the race for the playoff spot starts to become really big. The Spurs, one of the surprises of the season, are poking into that playoff conversation. They're currently at 7th. And the Mavericks, who obviously didn't start so great, have gotten a lot better, need to kind of hit this break hard, I think. And I think a win in Dallas will do them a lot of good. Thursday night, some more big games. We find, we get a, a big schedule. It is a, uh, I believe, an 11-game slate. Uh, Pistons, Hornets, Hawks, Raptors. Celtics, Nets is the one that's going to be on TV at 7.30. And following that, will be the Warriors and the Clippers. Other games to look out for, the Suns taking on the Trailblazers, the Mavericks on the back end of a back-to-back take on the Thunder in Oklahoma City. And then we got a good slate of games on Friday, which we will get to in the Friday episode of the podcast that I'm pretty sure will be featuring a guest. Going to try to get a guest on every Friday, kind of spice things up a little bit as we're entering the second half of this season. Open the week, obviously not a lot of games to really go off of. You know, Blake Griffin would be a choice for kind of copping out and choosing Brooklyn. However, I'm going to give it a little baby. If anyone watched on Saturday night, 2v2 rap all-star game, it was Quavo of Migos, if you're not familiar, and Jack Harlow, the rapper, uh, up against Lil Baby and 2 Chains. 2 Chains, obviously, with a, a deep basketball pedigree. Played at school and, you know, obviously a tall guy. Very good at ball. But Quavo and Jack Harlow absolutely crushed Chains and Baby. And Quavo had 17 points, 14 rebounds in a game to 21, which is just embarrassing. And the obvious worst player on the court was Lil Baby. He hit a brick. Had a huge air ball, got his uh, shit stuffed by Quavo. It was an embarrassing block. And going into the game, the big thing was, oh, no one's seen Lil Baby at these, you know, blacktop runs and, and everything that you hear about when all the rappers are, are playing pickup all over Instagram. Lil Baby's never been seen in this. And Quavo kind of talked him up, said, yeah, he'll be good, he'll be good, he'll be good, don't worry. Well, he wasn't good. It was very, very bad. He kind of embarrassed himself. But, you know, I mean, I think I'm one of the, what, thousand people that might have watched that. So if you didn't, I advise you to go check it out because Adam Lefko was emceeing the event and uh, the Mark Phillips Supreme Dreams was with him as well. Very funny duo. Uh, and it was definitely entertaining to watch if you're big in the hip-hop like I am. So maybe go check it out if you're interested. It was for $500,000. Jack Harlow said he's donating all the money to charity, which is amazing. So it was a ton of fun. And Lil Baby was god-awful. It'll make you feel a lot better about your basketball acclimate if <laughs> if you need the confidence boost watching Lil Baby Hoop. All right, that'll wrap it up for us on a Tuesday. Hype for the second half of the season to start up. 
be having a podcast to you on Friday. Like I said, we'll probably be featuring a guest from another podcast, but I will confirm that throughout the week on Twitter. I appreciate you guys turning in. It was an amazing first half of the season. Go check out Trivia at Book It Sports HQ on Twitter if you haven't already. It was a ton of fun. See if you know more about the NBA maybe than you think. I appreciate y'all. I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Thank you.